What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Andrew. Hey! Goldberg! I bet if that talk was a cheese burger, you stop it! No, I agree. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. Clap! 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 It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. I bet if that puck was a cheeseburger, you'd stop it. I'm Mike. That's Tommy. Hello, everyone. That's Kevin. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Quack Attack Podcast, the definitive Mighty Ducks podcast. We are back. And uh, a few housekeeping issues. So we're actually planning ahead this time. We're going to have the writer for episode six, the Ducks Gala, and the season finale on possibly in the next few weeks here so if you have, if you have a quack question for him now is the time to get it in twitter facebook email discord however you want to do it think about it send it in but don't think too long because it could be in a couple days here so uh and by the time you're listening to this it might already happen so get them in as soon as you listen pause the pause the podcast right now write your question in and then come back and listen to the podcast again. Secondly, I am kind of losing my voice. So that's why I'm a little scratchy. I don't know. I don't know what's happening, but I'm trying to make it through too much Halloween candy. Exactly. My, my mouth is coated in sugar. So did you go trick or treating on Monday or Sunday? We did. Yes. We did with my daughter. She, um, like the candy, did not like interacting with neighbors, but uh, you got to get one without the other. So you, you took your daughter trick or treating, but you wouldn't come party with us on Saturday, huh? That's true. You That's true. Come party I with the adults, huh? I, uh, yeah. No excuses. No excuses. That uh, just was a loss for me. So my apologies to Tommy, Kevin, and all the quack lights out there, honestly. Thank you. Uh, I was waiting for that. We can continue <laughs> now. All right. Let's move on. Uh, let's check in on some kin token we haven't checked in on a while december 2016 so we're coming up on five years now kevin bought 300 dollars worth of kin token coming to the five-year marker on his uh, return on investment kevin where are we right now uh we are sitting at 46 dollars and 41 cents Okay, so we're down. I think it was roughly $340 actually that you purchased. So we're down about $300 in five years. Um, not great, but... Uh, it's been worse though. It's been worse before. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, let's move on. I have a quick question. Okay. So Kevin, when you purchased it, at any point like in like the two days after, did it ever go up? Uh, it might have for a little while. It was like... It was kind of during the craze, the original craze of, uh, of, of Dogecoin, I think, like right when that first came out. Or no, no, it was CryptoKitties, I think, was, mm. was what was uh, driving it. Um, so it might have fluctuated up a little bit, but I don't think it, it took off the way we were expecting, obviously. Obviously. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to the topic at hand here. Another... Um... Game changers look ahead here. So a few weeks ago, we looked at Charlie Conway. If we had one episode to put Charlie Conway into season two of Game Changers, how would it happen? Uh, we said that Charlie was back in town because Casey was sick, ends up uh, running into Alex or Evan, 
has to give some Evan of Evan some advice. Evan, uh, he gives Evan bad advice, but you know it all comes around in the end, and uh, you know he and he makes up with Bombay. So let's move on to the other. Somehow person. we spoke for like forty minutes about that eleven <laughs> second pitch, so uh, it is worth listening to for those of you who haven't listened to it. Yeah, we get we get deep into it. We get into the details there. I'm just trying to gloss over it because we got to save a lot of time for this next one who people really want to know. I think between Charlie Conway and then Russ Tyler is the other person people really want to see. Uh, seen some like Dean Portman's out there and stuff like that. But really, I guess the two most famous, the two with the biggest clout would be Charlie Conway and uh russ tyler aka keenan thompson so keenan he has been on the record saying he wanted to be in season one it was a scheduling issue obviously he's on saturday night live he's got his sitcom keenan so he's also still on saturday night live and his sitcom has been renewed for season two so first of all just what is your confidence that we get a keenan thompson slash russ tyler appearance in season two here I, I would say pretty low confidence. I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty tough slate to weed through. Um, I guess it all just kind of depends on the timing of when they're filming and when he's not for his other commitments. But I would say pretty low confidence, especially when you factor in COVID still being a, a wild card in there. Yeah, I could see that. And he's not like Joshua Jackson, like Charlie Conway was the main character. It's he's, it's like a big pull for him to put in. Russ Tyler was in it, but he wasn't like a main portion of the three films. He was in two and then like some of three, but he wasn't really too much of a factor in three. So the, the only thing I could see is them, them trying really hard just because it would be a good get. Like in terms of fame level, he would bring a lot to the table. He's the most famous duck i believe in terms of like current stage of his career i think joshua jackson was obviously like in the 90s early 2000s but i think, um, think keenan is the most famous joshua jackson's having a bit of a renaissance at this point in his career too but i don't he might be catching up with keenan a little bit but uh yeah I, i'd probably agree with that there yeah i'm a little bit more optimistic than kevin um i think just because you know i i feel like keenan in Brill, uh, from what Brill has told us, that like they've stayed um, close and everything, and you know, even if it's like almost like a Zoom cameo, or where it's like very obviously a green screen or something like that, I feel like we would get something. Um, and you know, this is kind of the the reason why we're doing this as exercises. Like, if you get a basically the person on set for one weekend, um, you can only put them in one episode how how do we put it together and what's that arc that we want to get so i'm more confident in keenan um I, I think it'll happen and that might just be wishful thinking but um you think I, it'll happen season two that's a good question i'm gonna <laughs> say yes wow i would say i'm like 50 50 like i would not be surprised to see him there but i would not be surprised if he doesn't show up so uh i'll leave it at a coin flip. are we counting if like they see like a billboard with his face on it or something <laughs> he's got to be in it he's got to be like uh, at least yeah. walking by or something like he i can't think just... it needs to be him 
in an episode, not a clip. I think a billboard is interesting though, because and we can get into this, but I think that we need to count it as like full, like unique words being spoken. Yeah. Yeah. Billboard or like a commercial or something like that, that they're watching on TV. I could see, I could see a little um, nod there for sure, but um, let's go. So some backstory here. So five years ago, on our first Megapod with Steve Brill, he said he thought Russ Tyler went and um, ran like a sporting goods store, took over that sort of operation, made it big. And then recently he said that Russ Tyler, he thinks sort of has followed in Keenan's footsteps, was an actor, went on Saturday Night Live. So um, a few different threads for us to play off of if we want, but um, any early indications of how we can work Keenan Thompson, AKA Russ Tyler, I guess, into some sort of the plot in season two. Well, if we think that Russ Tyler is on some kind of like Saturday night live esque show, and cause I don't know if they could call it Saturday night live. Um, probably not call it, you know, Friday morning extreme. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll want to figure out the name of that show. Um, I think, they do that because like maybe uh, Nick has like aspirations for Hollywood or something like that. Um, or maybe a, a new character is like kind of like uh, a bit of a clown and maybe isn't focusing on, on his hockey. And it's like, look, you can be a, like a clown and also be a hockey player. Look at Russ Tyler or something like that. Um, but I, I kind of like that. And I figure that would be good for like, like Keenan would the actor himself might be on board unless he's like, no, fuck that. I want to be like a degenerate gambler. I don't know. <laughs> I will also kind of along that same thread. If we, if they are not able to get Keenan in person, I, I do think there's an avenue where it's like Nick interviewing him for the podcast or something. Mm, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So Nick is our entry point in here. That makes sense. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, Keenan, I guess we're assuming Keenan's, on Saturday Night Live, that's like the thread we're taking. I think so. Um, we we have to assume that he can't call it Saturday Night Live, right? Friday morning like, extreme or yeah, Friday morning like, taped. The, uh, the weekend show. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So Keenan, or sorry, Russ. My bad. Sorry to Russ Tyler. Russ Tyler's on the weekend show, extreme Friday morning taped. Um, and he is he back in town for anything or does is nick struggling and bombay calls him back like how does russ come back into the fold here because we assume he's away in new york or los angeles or wherever the show is taped so i'm wondering if um and obviously a lot of it depends on the overall arc of season two but if there's some kind of like travel or like tournament being involved Mm. is it where in New York or LA, wherever this fictional show is being filmed. And then like Nick runs into him and gets like advice from him. Be like, hey, you're Russ Tyler, blah, blah, blah. And maybe um, Russ Tyler is known for like his hockey impressions. Um, and so that's uh, how he's still kind of like, like you, you see in the episode, Nick is watching like a YouTube video where Russ is doing a bunch of his like NHL impressions. And he like, and it's an interview where he talks about, oh yeah, I got all this from, you know, my time with the Mighty Ducks. And, and Nick is so inspired and he runs into him in New York or something like that. Um, so maybe that's, that's where it comes into play is it's gotta be like on, 
it's not going to be in Minneapolis, I feel. Maybe it's like um, something, I don't know exactly how this would happen, but like the Ducks somehow get interviewed, the new Ducks um, get interviewed for like Good Morning America or something. Mm. Uh, and then that's like Russ is there or they, they like surprise them or something. Maybe that, maybe something like that too might make sense. Um, I also like the idea of it possibly being like Russ's kid is like heckling them at some point or something. <laughs> I would, I think that would be good. Um, that would be a funny like through line, but uh, I, I don't know if those are kind of two other options as well. I, uh, I really like that. And, or maybe it's like, he's watching the don't bothers and Russ's kid is heckling and, and Russ is just like nodding in approval. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do like this tournament angle. Brill has talked about wanting to go to like Europe and especially essentially do an international tournament a la the Goodwill games at some point. So I could see them playing. Yeah. They're the state champs, you know, national, they're playing like a national schedule or something, or it's a showcase tournament in New York. And I guess they have Bombay on and Bombay invites the team to this show where they first run into Russ Tyler and they think it's just a thing. And then Nick maybe runs into him later again as Nick, uh, I guess, struggles with some sort of, I guess, yeah, we, he could struggle with sort of wanting to be comedic while also wanting to be a hockey player. So I think Nick maybe is like wanting to branch out of his podcast and like, hey, you know, I'm funny. Everyone says I'm funny. And he tries to be like a stand up comedian and he bombs really oh. bad. And, and then he gets like the good advice from like, Russ Tyler, who's like, I did a bit like at Eden Hall and I got like, like they almost expelled me with how unfunny it was or something like that. Like and so that. at the end, and so he like does like a really good roast of Bombay or something, or maybe he, uh, like Nick tries to be an insult comic and it just doesn't go well and he just <laughs> pisses off all his teammates. Um, and Russ is like, you're going too hard. You know, you got to be, you got to tease, but in a loving manner. And so he helps him write some jokes. Okay. So this is not, this is like, is this a main plot point? Like, are we involved with Russ a lot or does he have like two or three scenes and then it's really a Nick story that comes around in the end? Two or three scenes. And I think this is like a B plot to one of the episodes or it's like built up in the first couple of episodes where Nick's wanting to pursue stand-up, And then in like episode three, he does it and he just bombs or he's way too mean. And then he like kind of gets the advice at the end of the episode. Like and then later on in the season, like season nine or 10, like um, he kind of uses the comedy to, to get the ducks out of a jam or something like that. Russ is only in like season three or episode three. Mm. So we have a long, maybe it also teaches them the knuckle puck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the knuckle puck will have to come in at some point. Maybe that's the end of this episode, uh, episode three. So, ooh, well, maybe his sketch comedy show is just called the knuckle puck. Russ Tyler's. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Nick, Nick is a big fan, obviously. Um, so just to recap here, the Ducks are traveling to a showcase tournament in uh, New York of some, yeah, we'll say New York. And I guess, how do they get on Good Morning America? Is it just Bombay? Like they want to interview Bombay, like, oh, famous hockey coach now coaching kids. He's on the show. They interview him. And he brings and, his well, ducks out. And I, I think maybe there's enough of like a, a human interest 
piece right. to it too where it's like the whole the way that last season ended and they kind of took over the name and you know that kind like of the stuff. minnesota miracle man is back yeah yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's like a whole thing. And then Bombay brings out his ducks and then they surprise Bombay and everybody with Russ Tyler, famous actor who also played with Bombay. And then they go their separate ways. And then later on, Nick is, you know, trying to branch out. He's in New York trying to uh, make his like big uh, push here in the comedy slash acting world running around, ends up running into Russ Tyler. And Russ gives him some advice here. And uh, I guess Nick goes back to his team here. And then things are all cheery at this point. Yeah, I I think the episode ends with him, like, winning them back. Um, And then the rest of, like, the series, he has, like, a good one-liner in each episode. Um, And then, Disney, feel free to use this. Um, you guys can post something on your With own YouTube channel. Marvel. This of, is another uh, Marvel thing. No, this is a uh, Nick stand-up uh, <laughs> set. Is going to be like a 20-minute thing on YouTube to oh. help uh, to help the show market. Yeah, additional content. I like this. All right. Yeah. So again, trying to keep the threads straight here. So after the show, Nick is like, "Oh, I'm a comedian." Pisses off his entire team with his poorly timed jokes. <laughs> That's when he goes. I, can I just say this episode is absurd <laughs> like like this is even more absurd than some of Tommy's like Marvel like tie-ins I like well, I only it. said that because like Evan was just like give me more Marvel <laughs> like when you're given three seconds to prepare yeah okay so I like this no this is a good B plot, Kevin. I don't. I don't know where you're. Uh... I'm sorry, it does involve a, a drug overdose by the checkmates, <laughs> Kevin, which is I know where you rather prefer. Yeah. So Nick has pissed everybody off. Uh, is out in New York. Like says, fine. I'm gonna be a comedian on my own. Runs into Russ Tyler. He's like, hey, you're the kid I saw at the Good Morning America, or whatever. And then he's like, yeah, my teammates hate me because like I tried to be you. And Russ is like, nah, man, that's not me. And then, like, gives them some heckling <laughs> advice. Gives them some heckling advice and whatnot. Uh, Maybe they go to a Rangers game, and he's like, oh, this is how you heckle properly. Yeah, yeah. And then, Get yeah, some we cameos come... in there. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we need some cameos. We need some NHL cameos. So, yeah, we get those. Nick comes back, realizes his thing, directs his uh, insults at the other team, and, you know, apologizes to his team. At the end, I guess, does Bombay, does, does Russ Tyler come to a practice um, that Bombay calls him to or something like that where he can show off his knuckle puck? Do we need the knuckle puck in there at the end? I think you have to have the knuckle puck at some point. I don't think it can just be like the name of his show. I think it has to, you have to like physically see it. Well, I, I think what you could do is you can, like after Russ is done giving Nick his advice, he's like, one more thing, you know, like, have you heard of my knuckle puck? And then it oh. cuts. And then one of the things is Nick scores the game-winning goal in that game with a knuckle puck. And so the kids like him even more for that. Yeah, that's it. That's how you end it. Nick scoring with the knuckle puck. And then the, you could have the knuckle puck live on. Like, the knuckle puck could ha- pop up in a few episodes later. But And then in season three, Russ Tyler takes out a big lawsuit against Nick oh. for stealing his copyrighted move. <laughs> 
and uh, it gets really dark from there. Yeah, season three is like a courtroom drama. Yeah, it's just 10 episodes courtroom drama. Um, <laughs> a lot of discovery phase in there. <laughs> yeah, everybody loves the good discovery phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. We get Joe Pesci to reprise as Mike Cunningham Benny. <laughs> I think we uh I think we've solved this unless uh we have anything we need to add here. But I think we're two for two in terms of Well, here's the question. Back. So, do we want like a kid with Russ who's like also like trash talking like Russ's kid yeah I mean, it, it also might be a way to introduce another character as well like and then maybe like he like it's his son and then he like his son really wants to go play with them and he like like goes and lives with Bombay or something yeah yeah I think you have two options where he he joins the team or he's like an opposing player on one of the teams the Ducks play and then there's a whole like trash talk battle between the two. So yeah, two options there. I do like, it would be nice to, you know, have Russ Tyler's son, but is that, is that like too much? Is that violating our rule of like, he can only be in one episode? I don't know. I think the idea of getting in Russ Tyler's kid onto the ducks is really good. Um, so it might be something like, you know, in a couple episodes, Nick gets hurt. And he like makes a phone call. Ooh, like, that's hey, I got good. the replacement. Harkening back to D2. Yeah. Now that's good. Where, yeah, he's an opposing player. He kind of steals some scenes. Everybody likes him. And then you think you're never going to hear from him again. Player gets hurt. They call him in because he's always wanted to go. I guess he would have to find a way to get to Minnesota. What? His dad's rich. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's, they send him to boarding school or something, or he, he, yeah, he's in like Eden Hall Middle School. And mm. or I guess maybe they're moving to high school at this point. Either way. I mean, maybe Keenan's ex-wife still lives in Oh, there you go. At Eden Hall or something. And then Yeah, that's you know. convenient. He just moves in with the mom. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. I love it. All right. I think I mean it would make sense. Like, especially if Russ Tyler met this girl. Maybe at Eden Hall or he went to college in Minnesota and then, you know, they split up and she went back home with her family. Yeah, I think it's like he went to Minnesota and like that's always kind of part of his like charm is like here's a guy from L.A. He ended up going to Minnesota, like kind of developed like a like a wholesome sense of humor or something. Yeah, I like this a lot. All right. I think we solved this. This one. This one is good. Despite what Kevin says, I'm down for it. Uh Let's move on here. Let's move on to the quiet question. You ask us questions on Twitter, through Facebook, through email, on Discord. We pick the best ones. Try to answer them. Kevin, what is the quiet question today? This week's quiet question, uh, we had to dig pretty far back. So I'm going to put out a quick call for, um, uh, I, I feel like we need more game changers quiet questions. Uh, we're talking a lot about game changers these days. So uh, get those questions in for us. Um, but this one, uh, we're going all the way back to D2. Uh, this comes from Cats Fan in Ohio on the Discord, I think. Yeah. Um, the question is, uh, I think the coach of Trinidad and Tobago is underrated. The, uh, that country has one ice rink. Considering how much of a disadvantage he is at, his team still scored multiple goals against the gold medal winners. Plus, they had Belafonte, who had some slick moves. Who... Who would have taught him some of those things, Coach? Thoughts? It's kind of a 
uh, uh, more of a statement than a question, I think, but, uh, but we'll, we'll go with it. Yeah, fair enough. So we've talked a little bit about Trinidad and Tobago. Like, how did they qualify? We think it was sort of a regional type deal, whether you had to had, you know, like kind of World Cup like where you have certain number of slots for certain regions and they end up qualifying. The question I like here is once they got there, they did have a little bit of success. Belafonte seemed to be a legitimate player and they did score two goals against Team USA. But I guess you could argue also that you know, Team USA was up. So, like, how much did they really care about these two goals? This was, like, garbage time points. So, I could see both sides. Yeah, and, like, at the same time, we know that Goldberg was still playing goalie, you <laughs> know. true. And why was he still in the goal at that, that point? Like, that's the time to, to, to rest your starters, but you did not rest your starter and goalie. So, I think it also goes to show that Bombay probably still had his starters in there. Yeah. Like he wasn't just playing like, you know, Kenny Wu or whatever, or some of the kind of like one trick ponies. It wasn't like Fulton and Kenny on the same line. Um, so I, I think there's, that's a legitimate point. Um, I think in hockey, it's like you can be dominated and it's very difficult to get, get a quality shot. Um, and so it's clear that they got a couple. So were they actually making chances all game? And was that their strategy to kind of like, like, hey, we're actually going to try to play the same type of hockey that Team USA does. Clearly didn't work, but <laughs> what was the final score? Nine to two or something? Yeah, I think it was nine to two. It might have been nine to one. I'll, uh, I'll put it in the show notes, but. Um... Yeah, nine to two and nine to one are going to be a little bit different, I suppose, because um, we did see them score the late goal. Um, but it was against Goldberg, who you could argue is the goalie of the tournament. Yeah, I think the question on Trinidad and Tobago's coach and his ability really comes down to Belafonte. Like, is he like a generational player for Trinidad and Tobago? And he's just way better than everybody else. And the coach didn't do anything. Or did the coach teach him and develop him into um, this player from a guy who's pretty good to being a legitimate junior Goodwill Games player? I think maybe generational player. And they just wrote him to get to the Goodwill Games. It's yeah. like, he's the one. And I... I would love to see Belafonte in Game Changers season two in some capacity as a coach <laughs> of another team or like, hey, this is like, you know, this veteran NHL player, you know, who came from a, a different background. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk to some of the writers and see if they can get Belafonte in there. Yeah, that would be a deep cut to throw Belafonte. Maybe, maybe like a maybe a foreign exchange student situation, maybe with his son or something. I know we're going a, a lot oh. with, the, with our son or daughter. Yeah, try to get him on the team, too. I would love Belafonte to join the Ducks. Belafonte's uh, daughter joins because he's like, I need to get the best coach in the world. Right. And that's Bombay. So we're going to move to Minnesota, and you're going to play for the Minnesota Miracle Man. Right. Because he feels like his career was cut short based on where he lived. Like, he feels like he could have been, you know, a star in the NHL, but he didn't have the coaching. He didn't have the ability. He sees this, um, sees this potential and his daughter and it says, Hey, we got to move to where, you know, this is the land of hockey. We got to move. And then they join the ducks. Belafonte's there. Um, to, I guess to go back to the question, I guess we're saying, no, the Trinidad and Tobago coach is not underrated. It was really just Belafonte carrying the squad. I do want to do one thing. And I 
shout out to the Trinidad coach for how enthusiastic he was about the goal. The game was it's over. He, he treated that like you treat, you know, the game winner. So I think he was very much encouraging. And so maybe Belafonte did move to the U.S. and have like a nice college career. And so now he's settled. Maybe he's a lawyer. He just moved to the law firm. He's like, I finally got the transfer I wanted to go. Now that Bombay is coaching again. So I like to think that um, the coach pushed him to maybe go to the U.S. for college. And mm. Belafonte played some college hockey. I, okay. I think the I think the only way we can uh, definitively answer the coach question is if they ever do one of these tournaments in Game Changers and Trinidad Tobago is there again and it's the same coach and he's oh. like sustained this level of success. Yeah, like really they the win every we can answer it. every Caribbean hockey tournament. They're winning it. Yeah, junior level. That's a great point. Like we have no reference about what happened. Is this like a one-time thing or is this, you know, sustained excellence? And this was just the start. Belfonte was just the start of some great players to come out of Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. Cause they very well could have just like won a really bad qualifying region. Yeah. And the, that's yeah, I'm not sure the, the tournament <laughs> Central America Caribbean hockey <laughs> is that strong. Um, so maybe they won that regional and then they had to play like a playoff against like japan or something like yeah. that and they won thanks to belafonte yeah so i guess tbd but we're saying maybe not just because they had belafonte but like he wasn't he wasn't a negative on trinidad and tobago he would just you know wasn't you know a tactician and really like won them games it was really belafonte so i guess i guess we're going with property properly rated with a caveat being we could bump him up depending on, you know, if we, if, and when we see Trinidad and Tobago again, but all right. Good question. I liked it. I, I wasn't sure where we were going to go with that, but we got deep. Uh, I'm now rooting for Belafonte to show up in season two, three, and four of Mighty Ducks Game Changers for us, the quacktech.com go there, contact us at quacktechpod on Twitter, facebook.com slash quacktechpod. Go to iTunes, give us five stars. Tell us how you want to see Belafonte in Mighty Ducks Game Changers. And real quick, for our horror movie, the name of our horror movie, it was a close, close vote. So um, Duck Hunter 4, Quack to the Future, narrowly beat out Duck Hunter back for more. Falling behind them, Duck Hunter before and after, and then Duck Hunter down for more. So... I mean, it's our movie, so we can really name it. But do you want Duck Hunter for Quack to the Future or Duck Hunter back for more? I think Quack to the Future. Um, I think that also sets up the time aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we'd be in any legal trouble. Probably not. No. It's a whole different word. Yeah, It's a whole different word. <laughs> but I do want to uh, – Mike, can you give a, a – a nice duck call to the person who came up with uh, the name for uh, five. Yes. Let me pull up five. So this is um, Chris. Chris says, if we're taking early thoughts for the fifth installment, duck hunter five, the dying V. I love that. So uh, duck call to Chris for that. (laughs) That sounded more like a kazoo than a duck call, but uh, it is what it is. I don't know what happened to my duck call. Anyway, that's it for us. Remember. Ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Ain't no turning back. The quick and